So up next on the You Ain't Enough Yet podcast, we have someone who has many strings to her bow. She's a blogger, journalist, broadcaster, and manager. You may have heard her on BBC Radio 1 across the line or seen her interviewing at festivals across Ireland. She is from Derry, which is a good thing because only good people are from Derry. It's Anya Cronin <laughs> McCartney. How are you? I'm good. That was a really lovely intro there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know what I mean? I'm only speaking the truth. I'm only, you know, I have to be honest, you know. Very, very nice. I think you can uh, capture most of the things I <laughs> see there <laughs> in those few sentences. I don't know what else I have to say. No. <laughs> well, tell me this. For anybody that doesn't know yet, who are you? What do you do with yourself? It's a score. Well, you did sum up a, a good bit about me there. Um, I started off as a music blogger, music journalist a few years back. Um, and over the last few years, I've kind of developed into being an, a radio presenter, a producer, a broadcaster. Um, as you mentioned, I work across the BBC. I work on a few shows um, there, particularly BBC ATL Introducing, which is, of course, the regional um, BBC Introducing show, which is great. Um, but aside from that, I'm also an artist manager. I'm an A&R at an Irish label called Faction and then I recently started my own imprint within that as well a few months ago called Bloom so it's safe to say I'm involved with like all things music um, <laughs> from lots of different angles and lots of different sides so that's probably the short version of summing myself up but <laughs> Fair play like I said many strings to your bow and constantly busy but I suppose like to take all that away and to bring it back yeah. where did your love of music begin? You know, was there was there a song? I always say that for me, the song that like made me love music and inverted commas was Roxanne by the police. I don't and I don't know why it, it was a song when I was younger that just <laughs> triggered something for me. But was there was there a song for you or was there you know, was it a band or an album cover or anything like that? Well, I'm gonna be completely honest here because I feel like when people are asked this question, they pick something that's super cool or niche or a wee bit hipster. But I was just straight up in love with pop music when I was really young. Like the first album I ever owned was Britney Spears Hit Me Baby One More Time. Classic I was classic. I was of course the <laughs> classic. I was obsessed with the Spice Girls when I was like five, six, really love watching Top the Pops. Like when I was that age, you know, my mom and dad were big into music, but maybe, you know, older bands would have listened to Beatles, Black Sabbath, Fleetwood Mac, like stuff like that. So I had maybe more of the traditional music or not traditional, but those sorts of bands coming from that angle. But I was very, very pop oriented um, and I was always quite devastated that I cannot sing. I have not a note. <laughs> in my head as much as I wanted Me and, you both. Um, and I also just don't have I can't play any instruments my brother and my sister all play instruments but I can't but for some reason I just felt very attached to music and always loved it and then as I got older maybe my taste got slightly cooler then and I got into, <laughs> <laughs> into other things but yeah it was probably the spice scares for me that really okay. <laughs> helped develop my love of music Oh, but we'll not hold that against it. Do you know what I mean? They're 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 hundred percent. I hope like, not. <laughs> if, they, if they come on, if they come on in the club or anywhere in the pub, I'm up dancing. I'm loving life. You know. I know. Like I really dislike people who pretend. You know, we all have a bit of cheese. Like we all love that nostalgic element of bands like mm. that. So yeah, I'm putting it out there. That was my first love, really. <laughs> yeah. I, now that I'm thinking, I'm like, was mine probably like Shania Twain? You know. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't hold that against you. No, like, no. What, a, what an artist. I'm going to see her this year on my own and I cannot wait. <laughs> Very jealous. I did have a look at tickets for that and I am also considering going myself. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I suppose, you know, when you're saying like your family or your brothers, sisters who, mm -hmm. or whatever, did your parents' influences or did, 
you know, your other, you know, your siblings have any sort of um, hand in sort of you maybe wanting to have a career um, in the music industry? So it is really funny because, as I mentioned, both my brother and sister were musically talented and played instruments, but they didn't really listen to much music until they got maybe into their teens, uh-huh. um, where I was definitely obsessed with music for a very young age. And like, I remember even like, you know, when I was about five, like asking for a CD player and CDs, um, like from Santa, like that's what I wanted. Um, My dad had a really amazing collection of music that he kept in his bedroom, just loads and loads of CDs that I would like sneak in and I would steal one at a time. And like I went through them all, you know, from like Johnny Cash, Fleetwood Mac, Black Sabbath, some of those more like heavy metal bands, like I would have listened to like over and back until I knew all the lyrics and the words because that's that's how much I wanted to like get in depth with that uh-huh. sort of music and stuff. Um, But in terms of thinking about a career in music, like like that was just not something that occurred to me at all you know especially not having a talent in music be not not being able to perform because I think when you're that age that's the only route that you can kind of see into the music industry and I would have to say also being you know a woman a female of that age and being from somewhere like Derry there wasn't a lot of like you know role models around that I could look at and say oh jeepers that's an amazing job that they have or I would love to get into that and even when I did get get a bit older and you know we start to think about jobs and careers it still wasn't something that occurred to me that I would ever be able to do because I didn't see anyone around me doing it and I couldn't like work out like the way into that so it was more like the music journalism path that I started following um you know, when everyone was my age, when we were like 15, 16, and they were going like sneaking out to the Sugar Night Club in Derry, I was sneaking to the bar to go see like the local bands. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> That's what I was doing. So that was kind of my first intro to that world. Mm. And then I started writing reviews and getting to know people and writing for like blogs and magazines and stuff. And I went on to study journalism for my degree then. And at that point, I was still very much thinking, you know, music journalism. That's what I mm. wanted to do. Um, and my partner then at the time, who I'm still with now, he was a drummer in a band who like kind of started to take off at that time. Um, so I would have went along with them. I would have sold their merch. I would have lifted all their gear. I would have done the door. I would have went. Number one it. roadie? Um, <laughs> still number one roadie to this day. Um, you don't see me at a gig without lifting a drum. <laughs> So I started to like gain a wee bit of knowledge about that side, like through that. Um, And then I just started to think to myself, Jeepers, like I would love to know more about the industry. I would love to really, really like get into artist management. Um, Nobody took me seriously. Absolutely nobody. Mm. None of my friends, they were kind of like, like, how are you going to do that? Like, that's just not a thing. Um, So after I finished my degree, I actually went and did a, a course with Hot Press Magazine. And it was kind of just a look over all the different things that you can do within the music industry. So it was about music journalism stuff as well. But it was also about working at a label, artist management, bookers, like things that I didn't even know existed, jobs that I didn't even know existed. And it was a very short course, but I was like so passionate about it. I used to travel down on the bus from Derry to Dublin up and down in one day. So I was on a bus for eight hours just to go to like a two hour class. And you wouldn't catch me doing that now. (laughs) (laughs) But I just wanted to know whatever I could and get that information from wherever. Um, So that's what I did. And then, yeah, I just started to get jobs here and there. And I started working at the OEM Music Centre in Belfast. And then afterwards, just built it from there, I suppose. Fair play. Like, I mean, you've obviously put the the groundwork in and you've, 
you obviously have a serious passion. You mentioned Derry there a few times, right? You know, mm-hmm. Derry has undertones, charm, soak, yeah. um, you know, Reeve, a row, you know, there's just loads of deadly talent and yourself, of course. Um, you know, <laughs> you know just, my debut single is out soon. <laughs> but there's just loads of deadly talent in Derry. What what is it? What what's that about? I think everyone just has like this real ingrained musicality to them from being mm. from there, whether, you know, it's something that you outrightly do. I think even the way we talk sometimes is very rhythmic and just has yeah. like a bit of musicality to it or something. Um, and as you said, there's been a lot of talent that come through the years. Um, and I think a lot of people have put their creativity into music and mm. have done really, really well. In saying that, I sometimes think that Derry is very, very overlooked in terms of like its creative prowess and the types of acts that it has, you know, that has come out of there, considering it's a very, you know, it is a city, but it's a very, very small town. Uh-huh. Um, and it's done really well to kind of churn out the sorts of acts that it has. So I can't say enough good things about of course. the people of Derry or the acts that we have up there. You know, I'm very proud to be from there and I always, no matter what I'm doing, always try to represent and do what I can um, for any of the, even the newer bands that are coming up or whatever. Fair play, fair play. And you mentioned, like, you really have done the grind. Do you know what I mean? You, you know, you've worked, you know, your way up and you, you mentioned earlier as well that not people like maybe laughed at you, but thought, you know, you especially as a young woman, you know, couldn't, couldn't do this, you know, when you were coming up. Yeah. And obviously a deadly self-belief. What would you say, you know, the people coming up now, you know, anybody, some somebody who has a passion for music and wants to promote it for Toxic or somebody that wants to write about it, you know, on a daily and, you know, get paid for it and to be able to, you know, share, you know, up and coming bands or share some of the best acts where they're from. Like, do you have a advice that you would give to perhaps a student now or somebody even thinking yeah. about that that will be listening? I'd say don't do it. I'm only joking. <laughs> it's too much stress. Um, it's awful. <laughs> I'd say if it's something that you really genuinely want to do, mm. you know, I spent a lot of time like researching like what sort of like magazines that were out there at the time. You know, we don't have an awful lot of like print magazines anymore. So it was more like blogs. What music blogs were there? I went and contacted them, asked them did they need any reporters from Derry which they did. So then I started like going to gigs and just writing up like small reviews, um, introducing myself to like the bands when I was there, mm. um, introducing myself to the promoter, the doorman, whoever. So they knew who I was and what I was doing there. Yeah. Um, and after I did that for a few years, you know, I reached a point where I was like, right, I feel like I've gone as far as I can possibly go, you know, with writing reviews and stuff like um here so I was like what else can I do to get my name out there as a reviewer or a blogger um so I came up with this idea where I would vlog reviews instead because I really wanted people to be able to like recognize like me as the person behind the name that was doing it so I came up with this concept called like my top five and NI that I did every month um I picked my top five paper tracks from local acts um wrote a review on them set up like I think when I first started it, I had a really dodgy phone that I sat in like my kitchen windowsill. Like yeah. the background was not great. Balancing um, it almost in like the edge of a, of a book or something. It looked terrible. <laughs> started doing that and people really loved it or they really started reacting to it. Mm. Um, so I started putting more time and effort into that. You know, I got better equipment. I started editing it better. Started putting subtitles and stuff and fancy graphics. And that was all stuff that I can. Comp- completely taught myself like yeah. I, I didn't do uni I didn't do a course for it and I spent time you know building that 
And it's because I was so passionate about the music that was coming out of here and the acts. Um, so I would say, you know, think about like unique and different ways that you can set yourself apart from maybe other people that are doing it. Um, because I would definitely say for me doing that, I definitely started to make a bit of a name for myself. Like people recognized who I was. I definitely think it helped me with getting some of the jobs that I did within the OEM Music Center, doing social media marketing from them, my first management job. And also the BBC, like I think that was how I initially got picked up to do stuff for ATL Introducing is because they seen that I was doing these like online vlogs and I was asked to come in to do the tip sheet, which was essentially the same thing, which was talk about new music that Mm. I liked on radio. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I built that for a really, really long time. And I think sometimes now because of like, you know, TikTok and things like people expect, you know, stuff to happen immediately, but it it can take a time. It can take months. It can take a year. It can take two years, but just like, you know, keep going, keep building it. Facebook and Instagram were definitely bigger when I started doing that. You know, TikTok's the go-to platform now. Like what can you do on there to kind of like attract people and get them to know who you are and help spread the word about music or bands you love? You know, there's all sorts of ways that you can do reviews and things now yeah. if you're starting out, if you're a student or if you're interested in that. You said there as well about, you know, you've been writing about bands and you've been introducing yourself to them. And you've obviously done interviewing them as well. You know, I've heard you introducing across the line. What is your favorite part of the interview? Is it the research? Is it actually getting in front of somebody, whether it be a screen or whether it be across a, a desk? Or, you know, is there a favorite part of the interview for you? I really love just being able to build rapport like a rapport with bands like and like just getting them to laugh sometimes and maybe asking them questions that they weren't expecting or maybe went down a slightly different route than they thought I was going to go you know when you're doing an interview with someone there's always like a few questions like you need to get across especially with bands and they've traveled up or they're coming to do something they usually have a new single a new EP an album that they're promoting so of course getting to hear some in-depth you know feedback about that and the process and stuff I love to hear but I also like you know what's your favorite karaoke song what did you do do the weekend like try and make it fun like it's fun for them as the list like the listener should be able to hear that it's fun or it's good crack because they're going to be more engrossed in that interview whoever I'm talking to is going to have a better time I'm going to have a good time so I do generally try to make it as fun as possible and that's my favorite part when like you get to hear or find out something that they might not necessarily tell another interviewer because you made them feel comfortable and you yeah. made them like laugh or have a good time or whatever. So that's my favorite part of it anyway. How do you feel being interviewed? Have, like, I'm sure this isn't your first interview. You've interviewed for jobs, but uh, yeah. probably not your first <laughs> podcast either. So, but how do you feel being interviewed when the shoe's on the other foot? I know it's strange. I would say most people don't like the shoe being on the other foot because <laughs> when you're doing the interview and you're the one in control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's like letting loose a bit of that control and, you know, letting someone else do the questions and stuff. I don't mind it. I actually find it very hard to talk about myself. So sometimes I like struggle with like, yeah, just maybe saying what I want to say or, mm. you know, answering the question I want to the way I want or yeah. I'll come yeah. away from it and be all, oh, jeepers, I should have mentioned this bit of my life or that bit or whatever, but I'm sure everyone's the same. So I think it's just the same as anyone really, except the the lack of of control. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, you've done obviously work at festivals as well. Is there, and you you know, you've done like a, you know, your go-to gig for festivals and you've done festivals across the North, across Northern Ireland or Ireland. Mm -hmm. Is there a favorite thing about a festival for you or what would be, you know, like 
I love going to festivals. I think it's a, there's a communal vibe. I think you hear new yeah. things, you hear old things, you fall into people you've never fell in before. But, you know, what makes a festival good, I suppose? I think there's lots of different things that can make a festival good. Sometimes there's just an undescribable vibe mm. that happens when you go to a festival. You know, I've, I've been going up to Stenhall Festival for about 10 years. Brilliant like festival. since the very, very, very beginning. It's one of my favorite festivals and it's only up the road from me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I always say it feels like home. Everyone's so welcoming. Everything, everyone's <laughs> so friendly. Everyone's just so together at it. And, you know, you're just... I think when you can go to a festival and you can float about yourself and just have a great time, that's when you know it's a good festival. You don't need anyone else. (laughs) You can just go off and have a good time yourself. I love festivals that have really great diverse lineups. You know, it's not the same thing every Mm. year. The same, like, same four bands churned out, you know, the music scene here, like if we're talking about festivals here, is so diverse and so wild and it is the perfect place to platform and showcase those different types of acts and artists. So a festival with a really good lineup, you know, can't make it any better than that. And it's just one of the best times and places to have fun with friends, people you don't know, and lots of messy, sticky times as well. You know, <laughs> like that's <laughs> standard. Do you know what I mean? Have have like all. If it, if there's a wee have... bit of sun, and you're not too hungover. It's like... <laughs> this is the best thing in right? the world, you know. <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned as well. <clears throat> you work with on across the line. You work with BBC. You've done introducing. How do you feel? You know, like that's I, I, for for me who, who's a music lover. You know. There's a serious, I suppose, well, maybe, maybe perhaps not. You, you take it all in your stride. Almost pressure <laughs> that, you know, like you're introducing new acts um, to people for the first time, you know, um, somebody that is going to be massive down the line or somebody that might have a one hit wonder. And that might be it. You know, how do you prepare for that? Or is it just like I say, is it just your thirst and love of music in general? It's probably my favorite part of the job getting that opportunity to showcase and platform brand new music you know the thought that we could be the first people to play the next big irish artist is just so thrilling every time and getting to like recognize talent at like a base level you know when people are putting their music into the introducing uploader but they maybe don't have like you know the best equipment they maybe mm-hmm. haven't met the right producer um, so like their recordings might not be up to scratch, but like there's something in their voice or the melody or the lyrics or like, you know, you get like a band that it's like really, really early doors where you can just like hear something. Yeah. It's so exciting. And then like watching that progress or listening to that progress, like on the radio, like through each song is just like unbelievable. It's just so amazing. And then mm. seeing these artists then a few years down the road and they're like headlining, you know, the bigger festivals or they're over in the UK or they're in America or they're doing what and you're like I've been a part of that journey I like you're not saying oh that was me I I was the one that got them there but knowing that you were a part of that and you know maybe give them their first play or give them that bit of additional confidence to like keep going it's just can't beat it really yeah fair play and you know <clears throat> you're also mentioned earlier as well that you know you've now went into the management and Bloom yeah. Records. Uh, and this is, mm-hmm. I suppose, this, the, the both are so interlinked because you're managing, you know, people who you want to bring up and them to be a yeah. success because you believe in them and you know that and you enjoy their music. Like, where did that venture come out of? How's that going for you? 
So I've actually been uh, managing for a few years now um, uh-huh. and I worked at um, one of Northern Ireland's biggest management companies a few years ago called Champion Sound and it was led by the incredible Lyndon Stevens who unfortunately isn't with us anymore but he was just you know such a huge influence on the NI music scene and everyone that works in it um, and I worked with him for almost a year on both the label that he ran called Quiet Arch and the management side. So I got to work with some amazing artists like Joshua Burnside, Ryan Vale, Beauty Sleep, and work through them some really heavy campaigns um, with albums that they were releasing at the time, two of which went on to win like the NI Music Prize. So after I finished up working with him, I was like, had the taste for it. I was like, this is something I really enjoy. And I have to say management is not for everyone. It's a really like different type of role there's like no rules or regulations 95 does not exist yeah, Monday yeah. Friday does not exist um so I think you do have to be a really really specific type of person to be able to handle that sort of pressure but I loved it and I was like right I want to do some management myself um and I'd been good friends with and always been a massive fan of Reva um and at that time she had definitely reached a point where she needed a team to be built around her so her and I started working together um obviously a few months after that we were like hit with covid um so two of those years we've been like dealing with covid but like we've come out of it and you know she's made massive leaps and strides in the last few years and we are so excited for what's to come in 2023 um so i think off the back of that then i got reached out to online and they see if I was interested in working for an Irish label called Faction Records, which I've been working at now for two years doing A&R. So I help like, you know, sign new talent to that label. And I also work um, with some of their other artists and on some of their big campaigns. So with artists like James Vincent McMorrow, Circa Richardson, All Twins, Lauren Ann. Um, we also manage producers as well, which is a new venture. So um linking artists and producers up to work together that we think will be a right fit um so after doing that for a while and working with faction they were like we would love for you to also start your own label Mm. so i thought about it for a really long time because i wanted it to be something that was right and reflective of me so i came up with bloom which i think is pretty self descriptive like it's to help you know people bloom or blossom or grow or give them the tools to get to where they need to be Mm. um and it's maybe slightly more uh, indie pop, pop, old pop focus than maybe the artists that we work with on the main faction label. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the vibe and direction I'm going with on Bloom. Oh, like there's just so much going on. How do you keep all these bits spinning <laughs> on you, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't know. So people ask me that all the time and I'm like, I don't sleep ever. <laughs> Fair play, just fair play. Yeah, you know what? You know, you're 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 killing it, you know. So <laughs> what I do um at the end of every interview is I have a quick fire round. Um okay. and these are just fun questions, just sort of to really get to know just if we haven't scratched the surface enough, okay. Is this to really scratch the surface, okay? So the first question is if you were a drink, alcohol or otherwise, what would you be? Now, to give you an example, people have said I am like a pint of Guinness. I'm an acquired taste and Americans pretend to like me. That's very specific. <laughs> I thought you were just going to be like, pick a drink you like. I was like, okay, Diet Coke. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it has to be a little bit more thought than Diet Coke. Well, I mean, you know, if somebody was to say, oh yeah, Anya's a, you know, she's tequila because X, Y, Z. She is a, a green tea because X, Y, Z, you know. I'm going to say I'm an espresso martini because I'm Lovely. sweet 
but also like we'll get down to it with <laughs> give you that wee kick, give you that wee caffeine boost that you need. <laughs> that is the dream. It's like I tell you, right? <laughs> um. So if you had a superpower, what would you? What would it be? And what would you do with it? A superpower? Hmm. hmm. Superpowers? I don't know. <laughs> to work like, without I... needing sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, I think everyone would love to fly, wouldn't they? Uh, if, yeah. if it really yeah. came down to it, you know, something that like is absolutely impossible. Um, so, I yeah. always, I always find though, if you could, if you were able to fly, I would definitely be the one that would like do the first mission that I get straight up in the air, turn around, crow, bang, I'd be mode. Do you know what I mean? I'd, you know. <laughs> straight into a plane. Yeah, without a doubt, that'd be me over. Um, so tell me this, what is your favorite food and why or what, you know, if you were good to go out for a dinner and you're like, you know, not, not so much like a, um, you know, death row sort of, this is your final yeah. meal thing, but you know, what do you, what do you, what do you like? What do you enjoy? I am the pukiest eater going and anyone ah, no. that knows no. that I am. Like I dislike most foods that everyone <laughs> loves. I hate pizza. I hate like, uh, I don't eat meat. Tut, like. tut, tut. <laughs> <laughs> So my boyfriend absolutely hates going taking me out to dinner because I never finish my food. I always have to ask more, to bring it home. More for like, him. You know what I mean? I, usually, I know that's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> or I usually hate everything that's on the menu. Um, and I just really want a dessert. <laughs> that's all I really want is <laughs> something sweet at the end. That's all I'm ever thinking about. Um, most people would say my favorite food is chips. <laughs> you, know, you know what? They're tasty. Do you know what I mean? A good plate with loads of vinegar is probably okay. good. Chef, probably good my goodie. That's really boring. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's simple. Do you know what I mean? But it, and, and you know, it's it's hundred yeah. percent. Like you know, yeah. Fair play, fair play. Um, final question. Right, I have a magic ball in front of me. I'm not Mystic Meg. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I should think of something. I'll be smarter there with something, Jack. Anyway, um, so I have a magic ball in front of me. Uh, uh-huh. You can interview anywhere in the world and you can interview any artist now it doesn't specifically have to be music oh i imagine it probably is music related and you can interview anywhere in the world you know it can be in their house in la it could be in the biggest studios it could be you know in in london it could be anywhere who would it be and where would it be what would be the situation there i would love to interview stevie nicks absolute number one interview and i've read that she has a really beautiful house in malibu so i would love for her to just invite me in (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um like we could just sit on her balcony look at the waves talk about like all the history of Fleetwood Mac and all her wild and crazy stories but in a nice nice relaxed environment so she mm. would feel like very trusting and yeah. open and it would be absolutely beautiful it's <laughs> <laughs> class you know I, I think know. <laughs> you know I would love to yeah I'd love to join in that so Stevie I'm sure you're listening Stevie um, I want to go. I, I carry yeah. on your bag. <laughs> you know what I mean. I carry the mics and stuff. You know, I make the tea when I'm when we're there. Yep, a good cup of tea from Stevie's. The dream. Okay. Not sure what type of tea or how safe it would be, but I'll drink it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll give it a go. You know. <laughs> well, look, I suppose we're coming to the end. Um, for anybody that wants to follow you, wants to listen to your stuff, where can they find you? What's the score? 
Well, you can find me on Facebook at Anya Corner McCartney. I have my personal one and I also have my professional uh, journalism blogger one. And the same with Instagram. You can find me on there and Twitter. And then you'll find links um, on all those pages to the artists that I work with, to my Bloom Records page, um, to Faction Music and also to ATL Introducing. Um, so you can find out about all the artists that we are working with and supporting and champion. Happy days, happy days. Anya, thank you very, very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Jack. It's been great. (laughs) 